So the biggest mistakes, I tend to think about sales kickoffs. I tend to think about marquee events, almost like theater acts with before, during, and after, BDA, before, during, after, direct correlation with the success of the event, as well as the impact of it afterwards with what you choose to do and how you choose to invest before. So if there's confusion, and these are the 10 biggest mistakes I see with, with leaders who are planning the SKO, confusing vision, direction, misaligned initiative, and strategic priorities. I kid you not, I spoke to one leader who told me to have 69 priorities. And I said, respectfully, you have no priorities because most people can't remember more than three. So you got to get crystal clear. Here's the vision. Here's the direction. Here's our key strategic initiatives, priorities. And for love of God, please, no more than three to five. Because if you rattle off a whole bunch, I'm not going to remember any of them. Number two. Lack of clarity on bi-directional purpose. A lot of people talk about a company having a purpose. Nobody's talking about those employees. Those sellers have a purpose. They have things that are important to them. And increasingly, it's becoming what I call work-life blending. I love my wife. I love my kids. I want to spend more time with my kids, not work 80-hour weeks. When I travel, I want to you know, work maybe Thursday, Friday, maybe have my wife and kids come join me and spend the weekend with them. When I go on vacation, I don't want to take my laptop and work from side of the pool because I'm missing out on my kids growing up. So if you don't understand those things about your sellers, about the audience that you're trying to engage, you're trying to influence, you're going to talk at them. And they'll be polite because they're held hostage, Right. They're going to be polite. They're going to listen. They're just not going to agree. So there's an opportunity here to really focus on bi-directional purpose. Here's what we want to go do as a company. If that doesn't excite you, if you're not, an, you know, if that's not what you get excited in the morning tackling, this may not be the right role, right? Great person. It might not be the right role because they're going to be short term, right? They're going to be transactional. So bi-directional purpose. Too many thinkers in the room, planning, putting the agenda together without sufficient understanding of the needs of the doers. If you've never sold, if you've never been in a territory, if you've never carried a bag, if you've never worked with channel partners, if you've never had to do a demo, you don't understand what they need. One of my favorite executives, Dennis Sadlowski, often talks about outside and leadership, senior executive at Siemens Energy and Automation, formerly. And he asked every one of his senior executives to go out and spend time with real and paying customers. So he understood not only where the customers were coming from, but the fact that we're at, at corporate, we're making it way too difficult for those sellers to do their jobs. When selling is less than 10% of what they're doing, think about it a second. What do we have got them doing the other 90% of the time? Now, I don't have anything against expense reports and all the other things they've got to do. The administrative stuff is important. But how well do we understand the needs of the doers? Because a whole lot of thinkers, brilliant people are putting the agenda together. They're putting the plan together without a crystal clear understanding, sufficient understanding of the needs of the doers. During, and I could go on, but let me just give you the top 10. During, a lot of leaders confuse motivation that's intrinsic with inspiration that can come from external sources. You cannot 
motivate someone to take initiative. I don't believe you can train someone on intelligence. I don't believe you can train someone to take initiative and, and ask better questions. And you got to have people to think. So if you invite a motivational, and I've got a lot of friends that do this, but raw, raw speakers, that's fantastic that this person climbed Everest. Most of your reps are never going to climb Everest. This person cut off their arm so they could survive. I, I'm, I'm not sure most of your reps are cutting off their arms on sales calls. That's great. That motivation is great. 20 minutes later, most of them can't tell you what the person spoke about. Conversely, if you inspire them to really think about what and how they should behave differently, what skills, what knowledge they need back in their territories, back with their relationships, you'll create much longer term impact. 100 pound bag of content into a one pound box. So I, I got to tell you, I, I've seen two and three day agendas that have 70, 80, 100 sessions on them. And I'm like, I get it. I, I seize one time and product people want time and certainly legal and HR want time and we want to show them the product. And is that a company meeting or is this a sales kickoff? So I'm a huge believer of less is more. And by the way, there's got to be some connective tissue between all these great ideas, right? Otherwise, it's going to come across as disparate. And wait, did, did any of these people talk to each other before they showed up? And it just seems, feels disconnected. Um, create an event versus a development process. Do not let your SKO be an event. An event is highly transactional. Events come and go. Events are forgotten. I don't remember what I had for breakfast this morning, much less some important thing you told me I should be doing at an event 11 months ago. Conversely, if you make it a development process. So uh, at the SKO, we're going to, uh, this year's sales kickoff, we're going to introduce this idea. By the way, take out your calendars, mark your calendars, because once a quarter for the next three quarters, we're going to reinforce this idea. That's a development process. That's an opportunity to take an idea that you springboard, you introduce at the kickoff and really take it further down the road. Content is not actionable. I don't know about you. I've sat in, 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 in SKOs and I've heard some great presentations and I'm, I think I'm pretty intelligent. I'm scratching like my head like, uh, what do you want me to do with this? How's this relevant to me? So the elevator ride to me is... You need the theoretical. You need to understand constructs, frameworks, where did something come from? But you also want application, examples, and then implementation. Here's what you can go do with this. If you don't create the elevator ride, you're going to create cognitive dissonance. I get it. I like it. Sounds really cool. What do you want me to go do with it? How can I apply it? This is not relevant to me. And a big mistake is you put people on that stage who are very proud, rightfully so, of their own world and their presentation becomes all about me. You sit there, you be quiet. Let me tell you how smart I am versus how do I become Yoda? Every presenter on your stage should be Yoda. How do I make sure my audience takes away some great insights from this and it's about them and how they'll be better off because of this information? After the fact, 
again, do not, when everybody takes their swag and have had a great two, three days together and they go back, they go back, you got to find opportunities to follow through. Follow through is a process. Follow up is a transaction. You sending a survey of how was the food and how was the temperature? And it's important. I don't want to take anything away from logistics. Critical to create a seamless experience. But what are you doing to ensure that what the signals you tried to send during your SKO was in fact the signals that were picked up? And they're going to go put it to use. They're going to go create real impact from it. No real or material metrics or milestones. I would submit to you that every SKO should have a series of objectives. How will you measure your return on objectives? How will you measure, did we accomplish what we're after? And I've asked, I've asked leaders, I've asked people in the field, hey, wasn't this idea presented at your SKO? What have you done with it since? Or how did you implement it? Oh, we had great, great rah-rah motor. We had great stuff the first month or so. And then if you ignore it long enough, it just kind of went away. So imagine how much time, effort, money you're spending on that SKO. What's the return on the objectives? Last but not least, I, I reiterate that content is not actionable. What I'm looking for is the how. The second part of that is how did you implement? How did you apply the content? How did you bring that content to life? How did you so if the if the during is is a set of guidelines, a recipe, the after is the meal. I want to know what impact did that create? I want to know if they applied that idea, if they took that product approach, if they engaged that channel partner, what impact, what results did we create from doing that? Because it should be a learning and growth opportunity for the very next one. To continue, so how do you think and lead differently? Uh, just a data point for you that a lot of this stuff didn't exist in 2006. <laughs> if I told you that you'd be laying in bed with a, a piece of glass and on it you could get all the global you know news and and uh, you know connect with people with video calls and buy anything you wanted 10 years ago you'd think I'm crazy but most of us have some sort of tablet that we use so really important as you think and lead differently to think about the evolution and what technologies are going to impact the way your sellers the way your audience works so if they browse, if they store, if they do video calls or operating systems or social, what better opportunity than to actually incorporate some of these new technologies as you present? And I'm not I'm not trying to tell you to you know present so much sizzle that the steak gets lost. By the same token, one of the challenges a lot of sales kickoff meetings they're boring. They're really boring and we don't use some of these really cool technologies that are available to us to present ideas and to have people sit on the edge of their seats and not be on their devices because they're just bored. Think about it a second. When they pick this thing up and start doing this, whatever they're doing is a hell of a lot more interesting than whatever you're presenting. So let's think about some really interesting technologies that we can incorporate. The other thing is, is, you know, a lot of our clients are amid some sort of transformation. A lot of them are going to fail to deliver the outcomes they're after. 
of the ones that succeed, you know, even a lesser percentage are going to claim any kind of sustainable gain over time. And adoption just falls off a cliff when it leaves Mahogany Row and cascades to the rest of the organization. So what, what thinking and leading differently really entails is you and your team getting beyond intellectually understanding that change is critical and, and helping the team act on it. So if you don't analyze what you did from your BDRs to your SDRs, to your commercial reps, to enterprise reps, to the channel Alliance partners this past year, if you don't analyze what worked and what didn't, you're going to continue to do the same thing and expect different you know, results from a very different market. So you realize you need to change intellectually. How will you act on it? How will we actually implement it? How will we? So great SKOs also incorporate change management, particularly if you're trying to change their behaviors. If you're trying to add a skill, help them gain new knowledge, that's great. Implementing those, benefiting from those often requires a change in behavior. And you need to incorporate some facets, some kind of change management skills, best practices in the way you roll out your SKO. So, uh, you know, PwC does an annual global survey. The good news is uh, top line growth continues to be a big challenge in, in the hearts and minds of many CEOs. How will we drive top line growth? So we see a bigger executive board, you know, CEO commitment to the SKO, to the sellers, to the needs of the sellers, because they're the top line. And the threats to the top line is what's keeping a lot of the CEOs and boards really concerned. So again, if you're going to think differently, you need to think more holistically. So this is our customer lifecycle journey maturity model. And again, most organizations have some sort of digital on-ramp. You're creating awareness with your marketing efforts. You're creating engagement. If there's any, if you have any kind of a, a you know PLG uh, freemium model, that's how they come on board. They're evaluating, obviously selling. You know, the sales force sells it. I often coach my clients. The relationship really starts when the customers actually buy. At some point, it's it's great to see again more leaders really embrace customer success and really build maturity in their customer success. Is there a handoff to adoption? Is there an opportunity to deploy additional seats and, and on ramps? How do we create impact? How does customer success through training, through quantifiable ROI, through deploying this globally? deliver the promises that sales made early on. When you do that, there's enormous opportunity for upsell, cross-sell, and more importantly, really create evangelists out of those customers who then will repeat the cycle. So if you think more holistically, believe it or not, sales has a role in every part of this. And, and it's because it's a 360 degree view of a relationship. And if that relationship is critical to the success of your organization, the sales kickoff is a great chance for them to see a more holistic view and their roles in it. The other thing that you have to keep in mind, and I did a good amount of this in the research for the last book, the arc of any job, 
is about three to five years. This is actually one of my original uh, sketches where you start, you know, by investing in and you're learning the job and it's actually a point of diminishing return because you got to invest the time, the capabilities, the capital to kind of learn. Then you kind of hit your stride. This is about execution. This is about application. This is about implementation. There's going to be some learning moments. We don't fail. We have learning moments as you go up and you're hitting your stride. You, you start to get up this hill and you're excelling because now you're really confident as a, as a commercial rep, you know, you, you know, you know, the product, you know, the ecosystem enterprise rep, you know how to sell big enterprise deals. And guess what? You reach a plateau. You reach a plateau where you're, let's be honest, you're bored or your sellers are bored and they've been doing the same thing in the same territory over and over again. And it's just, and if you don't, interject if you don't intervene they're going to head step five which is decline they start missing meetings more dangerously they start to wing it more dangerously they start to delegate or worse yet abdicate what they should be doing to others i see this in reps i see this in managers i see this in executives so think of a sales kickoff as an opportunity to jolt some new excitement some new Again, not, not, not just motivation, but also inspire them to reinvent, rethink how they go to territory, how they approach their priorities, what product mix they can go to their accounts with. Phenomenal opportunity to not let them really fuel their stride and their excelling, not let them hate, reach a plateau or decline. Um, from a marketing standpoint, I'm a big believer of a CRO, CMO really collaborating strongly also with the product teams and customer success to make it a great event.